Today, I'm interviewing a few of the women that I mentor in business. They are each so interesting and have achieved a level of business and personal success, but are striving for more, more progress, new projects, more profits, greater personal fulfillment, all the good stuff. We're talking about their journey in business and the work we're doing together. Mentoring women in business sets my soul on fire. I honestly haven't worked this many hours a week since I started my business 20 years ago, but I love it. It's just so much fun and so fulfilling to see the progress we can make together. Grab a snack. We're chatting with some really awesome women today. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. First up is Nora. Nora is a seven-figure multi-brand business owner that lives in Detroit with her husband and three girls. She is such an interesting entrepreneur to talk to because of the level of success she's reached in the franchise world, but also just her approach. She's so open and has really great tips to guide other entrepreneurs and people looking to become entrepreneurs with the information they need to be successful. Nora just started a podcast called Upside Down Entrepreneurship so she could share so much of what she's learned in growing businesses. Here's my conversation with Nora. Please welcome to the show, Nora. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Um, Let's start by giving us the quick overview of your franchise brands. I know you, so I know you will be humble here, but sort of explain the scale of the businesses so we have an idea going into this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So basically, I am a franchise owner, meaning I have multiple brands. I have a British Swim School, which is a really fun learn to swim program. I have a Mathnasium, which is a math learning center. I have Kid Coding, which teaches kids how to code. Those are kind of my three brands under my education realm. But then I also have other brands under professional services. I have Pool Scouts, which is a home cleaning service. Grand Illuminations, which does lighting. Real Property Management, which is a property management business. So a lot of different brands, but they all kind of work for us um, in different ways. <laughs> yes, that just just hearing that and the scope of it and all the moving parts and just knowing the the employees and the teams involved and the things that can go wrong in any given day. Um, I want to talk about efficiency because that is something that there's no way you could run these brands at the high levels that you do without figuring out how to be efficient. You run these brands that pretty much operate around the clock. And of course, you have your family and a busy life. How have you learned to be your most efficient? You know, we, my brands, and actually my very first business was eight years ago. And you would think I've kind of built all of those through the eight years, but it's not true. My first business actually took me four years just to focus on it, to kind of figure out all of the little hacks 
on how it works, how to operate it, how to not be the day-to-day go-to person for everything. So actually the first four years, it was really just one brand. And it wasn't until I was able to figure out the system, the growth, the staffing, how to make things work in different ways, was I only able to then say, oh, you know what? We can duplicate this model somewhere else. So mm-hmm. it's a it's an interesting growth. It wasn't that it all happened at the same time. It wasn't all like, you know, everything needs two years. It's nothing specific. It was the first one needed a lot of attention. And then the rest kind right. of were able to kind of fall in, um, under that umbrella, meaning I already have a call center set up. Oh, you know what? What other services mm-hmm. could we offer? I think the number one thing, though, I would have to say is I know 100% of every area of my business. It doesn't mean I work every area of my business, but when I step into a business, I make sure that I know every single role, every job, every description. I could jump in tomorrow and teach a swim class. Doesn't mean I have, but it means I can. I could do tomorrow. I could jump on my social media and handle the marketing for my business. I could do all of the finances for my business. I really value the idea that I know 100% of every area of my business because you can't manage something you don't understand yourself. You can't ask people to do something that you yourself have never done the job. So something that's really important to me as an entrepreneur is, you know, if I'm going to do a brand or any type of business, the very first rule is that I must become the expert of that business. And then after that, I call it one customer at a time. I think people get caught up on, trying to mass sell or sell 300 things at the same time. Not me. It's one customer at a time and then allow businesses to grow the way that they need to grow. So kind of giving them enough resources, but also recognizing that sometimes a business might start off a bit slow and then it picks up traction. Mm -hmm. Um, Or sometimes it just starts kind of fast and you have to be ready to go with it. Such, such great points, such great points, because I've experienced in my own journey, not knowing enough of all the steps that I'm asking, you know, a team to do. And then it's really hard to manage expectations or know how long something takes. And then also the practical side of it, like you say, is if something happens or if a manager is out unexpectedly, you're not panicked because they, you know, they know something that you don't know. You, you, you can navigate any part of the businesses. Absolutely. And every business owner knows, and you know, in the market that we're in with staffing issues and, you know, there's nothing more important than that. I have spoken to other business owners where if they lose a few people on their team or even one person on their team, they could pretty much shut down because they just were not informed enough or were not involved enough day to day to actually know how to pick up those pieces. So I think from just watching that so much, I have become very protective around the fact that we must fully understand every brand, every business in order to be able to do it. So I don't take something on. I don't launch two products at the same time or two businesses at the same time because I give myself the chance to fully learn it myself first. It's so smart. And the one customer at a time I love because we want to grow. We want to scale, but you got to do it one step at a time to do it thoroughly and make sure everyone has a nice experience. And then you go to the next and then you have word of mouth and it all builds. A hundred percent. And you got to make sure your quality is right. You know, it doesn't matter what brand you're bringing to the table or what product. You got to make sure that you fully understand that your quality is there. You're not just selling anything. It has to be of a high quality value. So true. 
you are very good at knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and you don't have ego about it, which I feel like is such a superpower and also very rare. Uh, My question is, how did you get to this place and what advice do you have for other people who want to get to that same place? You know, the number one thing I would say, and I I even commend myself, I'm very good at self-reflecting. I don't let myself off the hook. I'm very aware that one, I don't change anybody else. So the only person I could change in any situation that's not working is going to come back to myself. So the number one thing I would say is I self-reflect a lot and it could be ongoing and it could be changing all of the time. There's this wonderful saying that says in 20 years, if you've learned nothing new, you've wasted 20 years. So I'm very aware that we're supposed to develop and grow as people and we're supposed to, the experience matters. So number one thing I would tell anybody is self-reflect a little bit. Don't let yourself off the hook from that regard. Another big strength I think has to be the fact It's not that I'm not scared or I'm not hesitant. You know, we all feel the exact same way. Any new venture could make you a little bit nervous. Um, You know, trying new things could also make you hesitant or a little bit nervous. But that's not enough to stop me. I'm comfortable being uncomfortable, which is I know something, Lindsay, you talk about all the time, that you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. But I believe that. I actually live by that. And failure isn't going to draw the line for me. It's not going to be if I fall, oh, no. I can't get back up. That's not true. Uh, So I think it's a mixture of being comfortable, being uncomfortable or recognizing it as just part of life or part of just being a business owner. There's a lot of moments where I thought, oh my, I can't, you know, just deal with this. And, but then you, you have to be comfortable with that or you know what, then you're not cut out for it or you're not, it's not going to be a healthy transition or a healthy career choice for you. So I think those are the things that are very important And, you know, probably my little deep secret is, is I was never the smartest kid in the room. And I think that that actually helped me. I think it helped me. I don't have a perfectionism, you know, that I'm trying to reach. I don't have certain, you know, expectations on myself. No, I'm comfortable knowing that this is where I am. And now I'm going to hustle. I'm going to bring that grit to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love it so much. Because I think it's so interesting. It's all about the story, the story we tell ourselves and the story we believe. And not being the smartest in the room, I'd say the same thing. It gives you a superpower because it's like, cool, I'm just gonna work, I'm just gonna work harder. I'm just gonna work harder. I'm gonna learn everything there is to learn. And it 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 really gives you an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I'm not holding myself to some standard that's unachievable. And I think a lot of people that are used to being the smartest person in the room, also hold themselves at such a high standard that they don't allow themselves to fail. They're not allowed to fall, you know, but Mm -hmm. I don't have that because I was always comfortable saying, no, I'm okay. And if you're smarter then you know what, you come help me out. (laughs) I'm going to recruit you. You get to work for me. (laughs) Yes. 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 So when you, within your, within your world and, and building all these franchise, franchise businesses, and having such level of success. So you go to these conventions and you win awards. What do you feel like you've done differently than than other people kind of in your arena to scale the businesses so much um, and be top of your game in this space? I would probably have to say, you know, in all transparency, I'm a very organized, <laughs> I'm very structured, and I live off a routine. 
it really does help me. And I think any parent knows how important routines are for kids, but I think they're just as important for adults. I try to be as consistent as possible when it comes to my routine, my organization, my structure. And, you know, being a business owner, we all kind of know that it's crisis management is kind of what you're doing every day. And it's whatever the hot topic is for the day. But I also use that kind of in my personal life. I am wherever I'm needed at that moment. So though I have a routine and a structure, but my I'm able to shift between things as what's most important. And I think that that's very important. And I'm going to say something that I know all parents know. You know, when we had our first baby, we thought, wow, this is so busy. I can't imagine what somebody with two kids does. <laughs> and then you have a second child and all of a sudden you find the time or you have a third child and you're like, oh my, wow. So I also think the more you do sometimes, the more your bag expands, the more you're able to flip between things versus being, I mean, now I keep thinking the luxury of having one child. <laughs> that was so easy. But at that moment, you couldn't have told me that. That felt busy and overwhelming. And But I do think sometimes the more we allow, and this is the same with the businesses, you keep handling more because that's what you're taking on. And I think as women, that's kind of everybody's secret superpower, right? We're able to adjust and we keep kind of growing what we're able to handle within our you know, realm. But I do think, honestly, it's kind of a mixture of really good organization, routine and crisis management going to what the hot issue is. Mm-hmm. And you're very efficient with things. Like, I love that you perfection isn't necessarily the goal. Like if we're working on something together, you fire it back away at me. I'm like, whoa, you are so efficient. Is that part of your kind of routine structure organization thing? Absolutely. It it absolutely is. And the reality is I don't like to touch things twice if it takes me less than five minutes Mm. to do them. I think that's, that is gold. Don't touch things twice is gold, 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 gold. So to me, like little things like that are so important Um, And like I said, the organization plays a big part of it, right? So we can all have the best intentions. But when I get a down minute, I know where my list of things to do is. I know what tasks to kind of tackle next. I know that my email is also my pending box of things that I need to respond to. I don't move things and make it harder for myself. You know, I have a joke with my husband. He always hides things from himself. I don't. (laughs) I'm very aware that the things I need are always available when I need them. That way, when I do get those few minutes, I'm able to knock something off. And you're just able to make the best use of those minutes, those pockets of minutes here and there. Absolutely. And you do also have to be a little forgiving with yourself. You know, there's been moments where I could not tell you what I've accomplished in a day because I was so overwhelmed with, you know, maybe having a baby in my hands and just trying to handle the day to day. It wasn't that I was efficient or checking things off. But then I started to follow the rule of, you know what, just do one thing today, just one big thing or two big things or, you know, three, depending on how you look at it. But I would allow myself the flexibility to do less. And that way it would still give me the feeling of accomplishment, but it wasn't maybe as efficient as my most efficient day. And it doesn't have to be. I think you just have to take small steps and without realizing it, you've taken a leap. Yes. One small step followed by the next small step. Absolutely. As far as prioritizing, so you have all these businesses and then you have your relationship with your husband and then you have your three adorable girls. You've always been very clear in our talks together that you your family unit is so strong because you prioritize your relationship with your husband and that kind of makes everything stronger and better. Can you tell us about that? 
absolutely. So for me, when, you know, when people ask, oh, what's number one for you? What's number one for you? And I always say, actually, I'm committed first to my husband. And what I mean by that, and I know people's eyebrows quickly go up and you have children, you have a business. Yes, I agree. But my husband is my best friend. That is a hundred percent my support system. And I think I have put so much emphasis on how important that is to me because my husband is my partner. And, you know, hopefully that's my partner for life. That's my teammate. My kids, they're supposed to be socially responsible, independent adults. You're supposed to raise them, give them great tools, but then allow them to live their own life. But my husband is going to always be in my life. So for me, I have always made my relationship a priority. And actually on a lot of the businesses and everything that we're doing, we work on it as a team because we're able to tag team so well with it. Um, Communication is very important to me and making sure we're on the same page. We don't have to agree with everything. And even, and for anybody that works with their spouse, we even within ourselves have very clear lines. Anything to do with this, you can make the decision. Anything to do with that, I make the decision. And we create those lines in order to be able to not step on each other or not to create conflicts, Mm -hmm. even as we work together. So for me, that relationship is so important and I protect it. I protect it by making sure that we're always making, I'm always making him a priority because I know he does the same for me. So I love Mm -hmm. my children. I love my businesses. But when it comes down to that support system, I recognize how important it is for me to have my husband by my side in it. So on the daily and on the weekly, what does that look like? Like, give us the practical tip. Is it one date night a week? Is it having time once the kids go to bed? Like practical tip here. You know, one is I think we make the time to communicate. We make the time to catch up. We, it's not a specific schedule. I wish I could tell you, oh, every Friday we go out and it's not that set. Actually, our schedule is fully loaded (laughs) with whatever is a priority, but we try to do things together whenever we can. It's not, um, I'm going to go pick up the kids and take them to a dance class. It's, hey, if we're both available, we're both going to go. You'll constantly see both of us at pickup, both of us at dropping off. It's because any chance we get an opportunity to spend together, we do. We, we love those moments. Those are important to us. So though sometimes, obviously, he's on his own schedule, I'm on my own schedule, we, we really enjoy each other's company. And I think that really just comes down to that is my best friend. That is my friend. <laughs> so because we have those kinds of connections, we're able to enjoy even the things that you would think are tasks. We enjoy them together. We don't mind running tasks together. And I think that makes the balance of both of you living entrepreneur lives, which we know a lot of times is kind of like a 24-7 thing. I mean, maybe not 24 hours a day, but it never really shuts off. You can, you know, there's, there's, there's fires that you have to put out all the time. And so I love that you've figured out how to make that work. Like there's nobody, nobody in your world is clocking out and work is done and let's just relax. But you've made it this flowing lifestyle that works for you guys. So it it feels it feels like there's some freedom to it. Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs that reach great success, but because of the 24-7 of it, it's hard to find that freedom feeling. A hundred percent. And I cannot imagine how difficult it also is if one person is trying to be an entrepreneur. Like you said, it's seven days a week. It's ongoing. It doesn't quite stop. And then you would have maybe a different partner saying, hey, you skipped dinner. Or, hey, where were you? You were supposed to be at this one event. I think because we both live it, we're both also flexible with it. We both allow it. 
oh yeah, that was for the business. A hundred percent. That's a priority. Go ahead. <laughs> so I think because of that, we also get a little bit more grace with, you know, being able to allow each other to do those things because we have to. Also, we tag team really well. He is just as responsible for the kids as I am. And sometimes it's pick up, it's him. Sometimes it's me. And we both have that kind of back and forth. Our work, our businesses is our hobby. It's part of our lifestyle. We integrated it all together. And I think that's the only way you can really make entrepreneurship, family life, and all of it flow is you also have to accept that it's part of your your day-to-day. Yeah, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not on call. It's not a job. It really is a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's not, I wish I could tell you I clock out at a certain time and then nobody's allowed to message me. It doesn't work like that. Obviously, the more layers you create, the more boundaries you can probably put in place, but it takes time to build those types of structures. It's not an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. This, exactly what we're talking about, is why I knew you had to have a podcast because it's just so interesting to talk to you about business. And first of all, I think you're hilarious and you're honest and you're like, you just have a way of communicating that is very like host-like to me that when I first started talking to you, I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, first of all, you've accomplished so much and I know so many people can learn from all these things, but I think that people will really connect with you and all the things that you share. So as far as a podcast goes, what made you decide on the title of your podcast and, you know, tell us, and how does that speak to what we can expect from the podcast? My podcast is called Upside Down Entrepreneurship because in my mind, there's so much that people don't tell you about being a, you know, a business owner and what it really takes. I thought I was going into business when I, you know, I had the hustle, I had the ideas, I had the drive, but I thought I was going in business so I can buy myself flexibility. I did, but there's also a theory that nobody tells you. I work a hundred hours a week, so I don't work 40 for somebody else. That's (laughs) something I know it didn't, not that I didn't know, but I guess I didn't know that. So there's something kind of exciting to me about being very uncensored on the podcast, which I'm absolutely loving. And I think I'll continue to do more and more of is I want to motivate people. I want to be able to say to you, hey, keep going. We get it. I talk to entrepreneurs all day. I have franchises. I speak to other franchise owners. There's so much things out there that happen in a business that you're like, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) There's so much crisis management and moments. And I wanted to give people the opportunity to say, oh, it's not just me. It does happen. And guess what? We're still able to be successful or not all roads are exactly the same. So I love the idea of just turning it upside down, turning it to be very transparent, to say, hey guys, this does, you know, this is kind of what happens and it sucks. There's been moments where I think, you know, we treat our staff great and I've had horrible staffing issues or there's moments where I thought I was doing everything correct and I'm still getting, you know, maybe told off by what I call the 5% customer base, right? So it's such an interesting world. And I think that because we're taught to see everything as good or bad, I think sometimes we forget how much gray there is. And I love the gray because I think what's happening in the entrepreneurial world or in any kind of business or even corporate America, right? There's so much gray. There's so much things that people kind of don't talk about or we don't want to say, hey, you know what? We feel overwhelmed or, you know, it's kind of 
I, I think I'm going to relate it back to parenting where everybody's trying to keep up with what they think a good parent is supposed to be. Uh, but the reality is we're all kind of sitting back there struggling. And I know you've said it before too, right? You might take a beautiful picture and somebody sees it and says, oh my God, you guys must have had such a beautiful day. And you say, really? That was the only moment that worked out. The whole day <laughs> was not quite that picture. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I think it's the same with business. I think that when we see business success or when we see somebody saying, wow, they must have they must have not gone through what I went through. Because if they did, they wouldn't have been able to do that. That's not true. We still go through the same things, but it's the difference is how you process it and how you're able to come out of it. And I think that's really what I wanted the podcast to be. I wanted it to be like, hey, guys, here's some of the real struggles, but it's not the reason to get out of it. It's not the reason to stop trying because the opportunities it presents you are amazing. Yes. And it's not just geared for a business owner. I think it really will be this like interesting this interesting listen for people who anyone who is a woman with a corporate job even you know because you talk a lot about being a woman in an industry that's mostly run by men you talk about employee dynamics and the dynamics of a team and you know delegating things versus doing them yourself I love that when we, you know, kind of first started talking about this, I was thinking that your podcast would be very specifically towards people who want to start their own business or maybe even just a franchise business. But as you've really kind of started recording episodes and and making lists of topics, I'm like, this is a great listen for such a wide variety of people because it's it's just so fun. It's it's so fun and it covers so many different things in a very real way and it makes you it makes you think about things and it makes you prioritize and and I just think that for so many different people even if it's not someone who is currently running a business or trying to start a business but just or even just working out in the world and all the things you have to navigate there's just there's so many valuable lessons. I absolutely appreciate that you said that because I think that that's really important. I think some of the things I'm talking about, even as I'm talking about them, I'm like, you know, this applies for anything. (laughs) This could be, you know, advice for somebody who's trying to write a book. This could be advice for somebody who's just at home trying to manage their household. None of it is specific. It's all interlinked. And I love that. And I think that that's what makes it kind of you know, special and fun and hopefully relatable to people. I hope people understand that though experiences look different, are some of this advice is so universal. Yes. And it's it's so exciting for me to kind of like go on this journey with you. What what made you feel like you've been at business for a long time, you've been successful for a long time, and you're doing great. You were doing great on your own. What made you feel like this was the time to bring on a mentor, to work to the next level in many aspects of your life? You know, one of the reasons I was so excited, and I don't think, and I've had unofficial mentors before and I've worked with people, but the reason I think I was so excited to kind of connect with you and really talk it through is I wanted to bounce ideas off somebody. I needed almost a, I always call it a second opinion, right? You know, as much as we you know, we're constantly talking and sharing ideas and reviewing things. It was almost really, obviously there was some of it was my own trying to make sure I'm kind of following the path that I wanted to follow, but there's something so powerful about having a different perspective on it as well. Like, Hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And let's, let's talk it through. And I think that that was 
really the most added value for me was just saying, hey, I don't have one specific issue. I have a lot of different areas that I would love to just kind of talk through with, like I said, a second opinion, just somebody else's perspective on it, you know, with your experience. I think it all helps. It all helps, you know, kind of put it in perspective for me. And you have such a growth mindset, which is for me key. Because if anyone would, you know, look at look at your life or read your resume, it looks like you've reached you've reached success. You're there. But I remember one of our very first conversations, you said, if I'm at, you know, at the same spot or kind of similar spot that I'm at now in two years, I'm gonna be bummed. That's not the goal. And I was like, this is it. This this is a good, this is a good pairing because she has a growth mindset in the short term and in the long term. A hundred percent. And I think that that's really important to me is that I keep moving forward. I'm proud of everything that we have done. I'm proud of all the work that's gone into it, but I want to keep moving forward. And I'm not talking necessarily just business growth. I'm talking about overall growth. You know, I mean, you have even had the conversation, Hey, where should I be serving my time more? Where should I be putting in more resources? Right. It's those self-reflection questions that I think everybody needs to remember self-analyzing a little bit. Right. So I, I think we all need to do that every few years. Am I still on the right path? Is this kind of what I'm looking for? And ironically enough, I have a podcast about it, but I talk about, there's an idea that by your twenties, you're supposed to have everything figured out. You should have majored in exactly what you're going to work in. And you're going to do that job for the next 40 years. And, you know, and I, I just thought that's so confusing. It's so misleading. And we know as we get older, actually there's different phases, there's different chapters of our lives. There's different times that we readjust and we say, this is working. This is not keep moving forward. And I think that that's an important part of just growing and having experiences. And I think that when the right people pair up, like I can think back on times in my business where if I had someone who, you know, we sat down and focused on what I was doing and what's working, what's not working, how much I would have realized different things that I was creating an invisible hurdle or I should run with that opportunity and ditch this opportunity I just think there's something so valuable um, at any stage, but especially when you've reached a level of success and you have different opportunities, um, you have money to do different things. And and how do you divide? How do you divide your time? And how do you make sure you're giving enough to your family, but still having that personal and professional growth? Um, it's all it's all complicated. So to have someone that's just like your ultimate cheerleader that just wants the best for you, that like you said, is a second opinion and a sounding board and can bring new opportunities or new connections so that we're constantly going for growth and progress and like, you know, progress in the right direction. Like you said, you're at a great place, but you don't want to be at the same place in two years, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. My very last question for you, you have success in lots of ways. At this stage, what type of success are you working towards to feel that progress and growth growth and fulfillment? Is it more money? or putting yourself out there to try new things, or maybe more automatic money where you're not trading as much of your time for money, or is it a combination of those? Like, what is that, what is that kind of next level of success you're working towards right now? So one, I would like to just put out there that it's an open book. And the reason I say this, it's the same way I don't believe that you should write out your business plan before you know what your business is. (laughs) Yes. It grows and it changes. Number one, I am... 100% always open to new opportunities. So I never close myself off. 
I never have an, you know, I would never do this. I, I don't have any of that. Every opportunity is available to me. And if it was the right moment at the right time, I would absolutely jump on it. But I do think from a business perspective, kind of growing the different brands, I think growing more in the passive income category, I think would be really important to me, continuing to do what I love to do, right? The podcast is something that's so exciting for me. I love talking. I love sharing. I love to hear back from people. That's been a really important part of my own you know, growth journey myself, even growing my brands and my businesses. Mm -hmm. And if the Today Show or Good Morning America needed a new host, I'm in. <laughs> so it's all available to me. And yeah. I think, and I love that. I love the open-endedness of it. And I love that, you know, even all of my brands, people think that we came up with what we wanted to open all at the same time. It's not. It's, I was out in the market and I found this business or I was driving my kids 30 minutes to a math learning program. And then I thought, huh, this does really well. I think it would do great in my own community. And then that's what opens that business. Or, hey, I keep getting a lot of calls about this service that's not available in this market. Let's open that next. That same train of thought that I use with my businesses, I kind of use for my life. It's something opens up, you take the opportunity and you try new things. It's all about that growth mindset, looking for that next opportunity, not having perfection be the goal, but just like progress be the goal and not be afraid to get uncomfortable or not be afraid of failure so that you don't try things. I think all of that put together makes it work. Absolutely. Could not agree with you more. That is perfectly said. Yeah. So much more to come from Nora. You must check out her podcast that is live now, Upside Down Entrepreneurship. You can listen on any podcast platform. Nora, I adore you, and I know people are going to absolutely love and soak up every episode, and I can't wait to listen myself. And thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate you so much. Thanks, and thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. My next guest is Emmy Diane. She is the founder and CEO of Emmy Diane Skincare. I've been mentoring Emmy for a few months now, and in this time, we've started a podcast and launched a new product, partnered with influencers. We're starting an auto ship program and an ambassador program. So many cool things to take her successful business to the next level. She is so knowledgeable in the skincare space and is a powerful entrepreneur, and I'm excited to chat with her today. Please welcome to the show, Emmy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on, my personal skincare guru and the knower <laughs> of all things skincare. I'm so excited to chat today and ask you all the questions. Me too. Yeah. And that's, wow, that's very uh, humbling. <laughs> I try um, to know it all. If I don't, I try to learn it all, right? That's right. That's what it's all about. Um, before, before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about your passion for skincare and how that evolved into this multi-million dollar skincare brand. Well, I, I would say that it started as a child. I've, I've had very problematic skin pretty much my entire life. I've had sensitive skin. And then at age 11, I started breaking out 
uh, and had acne throughout my teen years and even into adulthood. And, you know, I was just so obsessed with skincare and, you know, really trying to figure out how to solve my own skin issues that I remember with my first allowance, I snuck down to the corner market and bought Noxima and CoverGirl makeup. And I mean, it just started there where I was just on this mission to figure out how to solve my skin concerns and then also kind of my friends around me. So I I kind of tease that I think I was born to be an esthetician and a skincare expert um, just because, you know, it's been a lifelong obsession. And, you know, I went to beauty school right out of high school. I should say I dropped out of high school and went to beauty school just because I knew it was my passion and becoming an esthetician sounded like a dream come true. Um, I didn't know when I was younger that there was actually a job where you got to help people with their skin. So, you know, of course I was like, this is perfect. And, you know, I worked for a long time um, in spa aesthetics and then medical aesthetics. And eventually the day came where it was time for me to branch out on my own. And the day came when I got fired. (laughs) So that's a whole nother story. But um, that is when I started my own practice. And it really has grown into so much more than I ever dreamed. Um, When I started my practice, I just intended to see clients, um, you know, in my own little studio. And I started formulating skincare products about a year into my practice. Uh, But I really only intended for those to be for the clients I saw in person in person. And I didn't intend for it to grow to what it is today. But I think that when you're dealing with, you know, such problematic skin types, when you find something that works, it just spreads like wildfire. And that's really what happened with our business and how we grew to where we are today. Yeah. In the beginning, how did you believe it was going to work? Like when you were starting out, no matter what, it feels like you have a mountain to climb. You're competing against, you know, national skincare lines. And we know that 90% of businesses fail in the first few years. How did you stay in that space where you just knew it was going to work, that it was going to go from creating skincare products for the people that you were doing, that you were doing facials and services on to the next level to become a national skincare brand yourself? Well, I mean, I think I was blissfully unaware in the beginning, like I had no idea that my business would grow the way that it had. So, you know, I think that in the beginning, it it was really like either I fly or die because <laughs> I had I had nothing else to lean on. Um, but, you know, as my business grew to a point where, you know, it really showed it had wings, um, it was... I got in this place where it was really tricky to um, not play that comparison game. You know what I mean? And I would, I would get kind of squirrely when I would see what other companies were doing and really compare myself to them. And it really affected like my self-esteem and and stuff. And we've talked about this together before too. Um, So one thing that really works well for me, and I think I did a lot in the beginning of my business is just having that like tunnel vision, like, you know, a horse with the blinders on where I just stay laser focused on what I'm doing and what I know works and not be so concerned about what everybody else is doing. And I feel like that's how we made exponential growth, um, really staying true to, you know, our, our 
uh, core values, um, mm -hmm. one being authenticity, you know, real results for clients and, um, you know, not compromising on some of our standards where in the skincare world, it can be so easy to do so because you can save a lot of money with product formulations mm -hmm. or, you know, buy into gimmicky marketing trends. But, you know, I knew that if I just stayed the course with what we knew worked, um, you know, we would continue to grow. It's so true. In in my own business, I remember being in lab meetings with chemists and they would say, you know, if you take this ingredient from, you know, using it at 60% to using it at 10%, you can still make all the same marketing claims, but you'll cut your cost in half. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not longevity of the company. You know, people aren't going to see the same results if you decrease it. Um, but it's interesting that you're right. And there's really no way for the end consumer to know. And when you and I first first connected and, and were chatting, that was the one of the first things that really resonated with me is how how those core values are unwavering for you. And I really think that's why you've built such a loyal following, like your people are ride or die for your products because it's just, there's quality in, there's quality in every, in every product and there's no compromising that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And that's so true. I, I think people don't understand that, you know, um, let's take an ingredient, for example, like retinol. You know, most people think retinol is retinol, but I compare it to, you know, let's say I asked you to go to the grocery store and get me lettuce. And when you get there, you're like, wait, what kind? Like iceberg, romaine, you know, there's so many different kinds and there's so many different types of retinols that all work very differently. So a product that has a retinol you get like at CVS is going to be very different than like the retinol that we use, for example, and produces very different results. So definitely the quality of the ingredients, um, where they're sourced, and even the amounts matter so much. And you're right, you know, somebody can make the same marketing claims that I do and use a... Um, you know, form of an ingredient that isn't going to be as effective, you know, but how would we know? How would the consumer know? You know, it's all the same to them. So that is definitely something that, you know, I won't, won't compromise on. I will stay. I'm stubborn in certain ways. So <laughs> that is, wow. an, that's an asset in that sense, but. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's, that's the, you're right. The end user doesn't know up front, but they always know in the long term with the way the way their skin reacts, the way their their skin changes for the better and remains clearer, and they just they feel like the products really work better than most things. Um, that's where the loyalty and the dedication comes from. So it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I have so many skin questions I want to get into because every time I ask you a question, I learn something I didn't know. Um, okay. It's ready for my list? Sure. Let's go. All right. Okay. So going into the full winter season, I'm wondering what are your best tips for dry skin during the winter months? This is a really good question, and I'm sure that most people, no matter where you live, if you're in, you know, a really, really cold climate or even, you know, where you're at in California and where I'm at in Scottsdale, Arizona, you know, the winter definitely 
plays a role on our skin and can cause a lot of dehydration. It can cause a lot of impaired moisture barriers. And so some tips that I give people, and these would really be for year round, but some things people don't realize is that if you are washing your face with hot water, you are not only dehydrating your skin rapidly, but you're also causing a lot of damage to the skin. And, you know, if you wash your face at the sink, probably the water is going to be a little bit more lukewarm. But if you're washing your face in the shower, you know, the shower water that hits your body, you don't notice how hot it is until you start using it Mm -hmm. on your face. So you want to make sure you turn the water down a lot. I mean, down to where when it hits your body, it almost feels cool because it's like your same body temperature. Um, Other things, especially in the winter is, you know, you don't want to get too close to like fireplaces or heaters. Um, When I was a kid, I used to literally take a blanket and like sit on the heater on on the floor because I would get so cold, but that just was fry my skin. And this definitely happens to our faces. And one thing people don't think of too is in the car, if you're blasting your heater on your face, that's also rapidly dehydrating your skin. So you want to make sure you have the vents down at your feet working, not the ones um, that are blasting Mm. your face. Um, So that's like a little little tip that most people don't realize. Um, Of course, Having a humidifier at home is uh, really great, especially if you do live in a super cold climate. And then another thing that um, I want people to start doing if they're not already right away is after you cleanse your face, you want to make sure you move on to the next step right away because um, we talked about this before, Lindsay, you know how if you wash your face and then it air dries and it starts to get that tightened feeling? Yes. So that tightened feeling is literally all the water moisture in your skin evaporating off. And that is a bad sign. (laughs) So you want to move quickly to your next step. Like in our routines, it would be our calm down toner, and then it would be whatever treatment serum. Um, So you do want to move quickly through your skincare routine for the most part, and always avoid getting that tightened feeling because the skin can dehydrate very rapidly. And it's not so easy as to just throw on a hydrating serum and a moisturizer and think think that the skin's going to rebound. It takes time for the skin to hold moisture again. Uh, So very easy to dehydrate, takes a while to rehydrate. Uh, So avoiding anything that can rapidly dehydrate your skin is best, obviously. Um, Three hacks I had no idea. (laughs) No hot water on your face in the morning, put the heat down in the car, and what was the last one? Humidifier. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. All the things. Okay. Adjusting those things immediately. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Makes a huge difference. I mean, people are shocked. They think that you need some fancy product in order to, you know, get that hydrating glow on. And it's really, you know, kind of following these tips. Yeah. And that tightening feeling. You're right. Sometimes I'll do my, you know, do other things before I put on the skincare. And I feel that face tightening. That's Mm -hmm. such a good tip. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, avoid that at all costs, all Mm -hmm. costs. So what about – so many listeners are so busy. Either they are working professionals or have young kids or both or a whole bunch of different things. And we don't always do our skincare to the fullest like we would like like to or like we plan on doing. So do you have any tips for what we absolutely must do, like cannot skip even on nights when we are exhausted? 
Good question. Um, I get asked this a lot just because I do have so many moms and, um, you know, busy women and typically people think that they need to wait until the last minute before they go to bed to do their skincare routine. And while it is best to do it as, as you know, soon to bedtime as you can, to be honest, like I don't really care when it gets done. So if that means like after you are finished doing the dishes for dinner, go do your skincare routine. If, you know, you're getting your kids ready for bed, you know, if they're old enough, even doing your skincare routine with some of your kids, like, um, like, you know, some, some kids that are like 10 plus, a lot of them like Mm -hmm. to get into the action. I find, you know, obviously not a complex skin routine, but just cleansing and moisturizing. So that's an opportunity to kind of teach your skin, your kids about good skin habits. Um, but also, you know, if you're like me and I kind of like you know, sit on the couch with my husband and watch, you know, TV before we go to bed. I always do my skincare routine before my butt sits on that couch because, Mm. you know, you can feel too tired or exhausted um, after, you know, it's like you're, you're crawling to bed and you're like, oh, I don't want to do my skincare routine. So if you just make it a habit of doing your skincare routine before you start settling down for the night, that is a good way to make sure that you get it in. And then remember how I said, I I do want you to move fairly quickly through your skincare routine. Um, This means that a routine shouldn't really take you that long. Um, You know, if, if your routine is taking you longer than 10 minutes, then I would say you're doing it wrong. Got it. And I think making it simplified like that makes it more digestible for people, you know, so it doesn't – you know, because if you're exhausted and you know, like, it's only five minutes, like, I got this, but if you aren't sure what to do or you're constantly trying different things, it could be like a 15, 20-minute thing. And when we think of things like this heavy thing, a lot of times we're like, oh, I do not have the energy for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But, I, do, I do think that part of it is knowing what to do. And I think that's where people right. get so confused is they're not quite sure, like, what should I be doing? And they probably have this graveyard of products to pick and choose from. Yes. And it is overwhelming. So yeah, dialing in a skincare routine, it's like, boom, 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 done. You know? Yes. And knowing what to do and when. So when you told me to fill out the consultation online, I thought I'd get the products and then I'd use a few and then I'd, whichever ones I liked, I'd add them into my current, my current products. Mm -hmm. Um, I have always spent since, ever since I made money, I've always spent money on high quality skincare because I just, I really feel like it's worth spending the money on. So I sort of thought, well, I already use very high quality products. I'll just kind of add these in. But here's the thing. When you sent me the routine, so I filled out the consultation and and sent sent you the gross pictures, and then you made a skincare routine for me, and it said, this is what you use in the morning, and this is what you use in the evening, and this is the order in which you use it. it. It created a routine. It was like, you know, this... It was like a personal consultation from a skincare expert, and it was just gold because I was like, all right, well, I won't interlace it with the with the products I already have. Let me just do it as it's meant to do and see how it goes. And I just feel like my skin overall feels just more hydrated and vibrant um, and smooth to the texture and definitely fewer breakouts and blemishes. Um, so... That I kind of just wanted to mention that because it's very interesting how I thought that I was using, you know, high quality skincare. But when given in a routine like this, so you really know 
what to use, and when, in what order, how much more effective it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always say that, you know, products are half the battle. You know, it's it's not just what yeah. you use, it's how you use it that can really make or break your results. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's really true. And I think that that's why, um, you know, so many people feel lost with their skincare um, or kind of mixing and matching when they're not sure, like, which, what order should it go in? Um, or even, you know, for example... Um, the routine that I have you on, I could have somebody else on the same routine, like the same products, but I actually would have them used in a different way in order to produce a different result. So that's where the customization really comes in. Um, cause you know, no two skin is alike technically. Right. Technically, so. Right. For sure. And sometimes high, high, high end or expensive skincare doesn't always mean that it's going to work for you. And I kind of felt like my skincare could be clogging my pores. Like I would use the La Mer serum. And again, no, no, you know, no negativity about any other products, but just for my own experience, um, I just, it's so highly reviewed. It's one of the number one skincare things. I just figured it's got to be good. But after kind of switching over, I realized that my skin couldn't breathe with this kind of heavy of a product and it was promoting breakouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's what really pushed me to start formulating my line is because um, I had a really great mentor about a year into my career who taught me everything that I know about adult acne. And it it blew my mind because I learned none of this in beauty school or even from like mm-hmm. other estheticians or dermatologists. And one of the things that totally shocked me was that there are so many pore clogging ingredients in skincare and makeup that contribute to breakouts. So whether it be someone who has full-fledged adult acne or somebody who has, you know, um, occasional hormonal breakouts, this is a contributing factor. And when I realized there's really nothing out there on the market, it was then that my mentor connected me with a cosmetic chemist. And I said, I'm just going to do it myself, partially because I needed something that would work on me. But I also Mm -hmm. saw that, you know, my clients needed this and I felt so out of integrity recommending products that I knew weren't going to work and I knew why they weren't going to work. So this is how, you know, my skincare line came to be. And, you know, like you said, no knock at, you know, other skincare lines, but this is another reason why I'm so particular about the ingredients that go in our formulas, but also the ingredients that I will not allow in our formulas, which makes formulating very challenging. <laughs> and, you know, we have to start over a lot of times, but um, right. it's gotten a little easier over the years. But that's one standard I won't compromise on um, is making sure our products have zero pore clogging ingredients. Um, mm-hmm. And what's interesting is you've heard the term non-comedogenic before, right? Yes. So that term's supposed to mean that um, a product does not have pore clogging ingredients. But what's interesting is that there is actually no governing agency that oversees the labeling of this marketing term, which means anyone and everyone can slap this on their label, and they do. So if you're, you know, trying to avoid products that have no pore clogging ingredients, don't depend on seeing that term on the label. Um, We actually have a search feature on our website to help people uh, determine if a product is actually free of pore clogging ingredients. Interesting. And, you know, it's very cool about your line being that it is really 
for it was started for people who struggle with adult acne, but it's really grown into this whole new market of people who want anti-aging and you know overall good skin health, but with the added benefit of promoting clearer skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you see kind of that shift in your own business and, and all the people doing consultations and things where initially it was more people who really struggled with adult acne and now it's still that, but it's this whole other market of people who are more primarily concerned, like me, about anti-aging and, and overall skin hydration and, and kind of look and feel, but also the priority of having clear skin and non-poor clogging ingredients. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could look at it from the perspective of, you know, clients that have been with me forever and now they're consistently clear. I mean, of course they want to focus on anti-aging. Um, and I'm, I'm about to be 44 myself. So (laughs) selfishly, I need products that are very anti-aging, but what's interesting is that it's not even like I had to shift anything. The way that I actually treated adult acne is very anti-aging. Um, so it's almost like it, it's a twofer. Like you get both mm. the best of both worlds. Um, and I would say even half of my clientele doesn't really deal with breakouts except maybe the um, occasional hormonal breakout. You know, but that still does um, concern them. You know, they don't they don't want to have that, or they want to know what to do for that. Um, so overall, it it really is all encompassing for you know both of those concerns because you know like what adult woman isn't concerned about anti aging too, right? <laughs> of course, of course. I want to ask you about sugar. I'm obsessed with sugar. Well, I guess the opposite of obsessed with sugar. I just feel like the more I read and learn, it becomes more clear to me that sugar is just the worst, just the worst for us in all ways. I am wondering, how does sugar affect our skin? Oof, this is a good one. I mean, it affects our skin in so many ways. Um, So for somebody who is acne prone, um, Sugar spikes our insulin, which, you know, we've heard that before. And and this herds the sugar out of the bloodstream and into our skin cells. So when a lot of sugar is consumed and our insulin spikes, it causes this burst of inflammation that signals the liver to produce a hormone called IGF-1, or or it's called insulin-like growth factor, and it helps rebalance the blood sugar. So unfortunately, um, this IGF-1 spikes our testosterone levels. And a lot of people are familiar with how testosterone is kind of linked to hormonal breakouts because it it causes the oil glands to produce this thick, sticky oil that leads to breakouts and cystic acne and all this kind of stuff. So between the inflammation and then also the testosterone spike, you know, acne has kind of been coined the diabetes of the skin. I'm sorry, sugar has been coined diabetes of the skin because it's so heavily linked to both the inflammation and insulin. But from an anti-aging perspective, um, the inflammation that sugar does to the body also happens to our skin. And so what happens is this process called advanced glycation end product, or we call it AGE for short. And it's when excess sugar molecules attach to the proteins in our skin. Um, So the proteins are our collagen and elastin fibers, which are usually very bouncy and buoyant and floaty. Um, And when the sugar attaches to that, they start to become very rigid and brittle. And what happens is we get that skin laxity, um, sagging, wrinkles. Um, You know how if you see somebody who's much older who has like that cross-hatched wrinkling, 
That's what glycation looks like. So sugar really does a number on our skin for sure. And, you know, it's, it's hard to be like, don't have any sugar, you know, cause it's, it's like everything in moderation. Um, but you know, trying to find ways to, uh, make sugar substitutes as much as possible is not only going to benefit your health, but it definitely will benefit your skin too. For sure. I think just in, in all ways. And I think, you know, rather than feeling deprived more of those natural, natural type sugars, whether it be from fruit or organic, organic maple syrup or things like that to where it's a matter of, you know, replacing rather than eliminating type thing Mm -hmm. as far as the lifestyle goes. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely suggest to people anytime, like if I, um, I'm going to take away, like, say, a food saying, like, it's a trigger for something. Giving alternatives is so key because it's <laughs> it's hard to um, eliminate foods when you don't know what to replace them with. It can feel very overwhelming. Right. That's why right. I love your uh, podcast about, you know, like the um, the lower sugar cocktails. And, I mean, you've had several about sugar substitutes and stuff, which I love. So, Yeah, because once you – once you do it that way, it you feel better. You know, all this stuff, that all the chaos that kind of happens in your body, you feel it. The inflammation, the changes, you don't, you know, we don't feel great after, especially after we consume what we would, you know, it's kind of too much for us. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it can be an adjustment at first, but then after it's like, it's kind of an addicting adjustment because you're satisfied in that way, but without feeling, you know, without kind of feeling crappy um, with it. Absolutely. Um, other couple other things that I've heard about skin that I'm not sure what to think. I'm hoping you could tell me if they are true or not. Okay. Okay. Is it possible for your skin to get used to skincare products and then sort of they stop working or they don't work as well? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> so- I've heard it so many times and I've always thought, is that true? Like, do you know, do we need to switch it up like exercising and like muscle confusion is, do we need to switch it up or, or is it just not true? I think it's really just a marketing um, gimmick, quite honestly, Um, because, I mean, it would be the same thing as if like broccoli stopped being healthy for you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, products work on the skin in a certain way and, you know, they make cellular change to the skin for the most part. And it doesn't mean that if you've been using it for a while, it's going to stop doing that. In fact, the skin actually loves consistency. And so the more consistent you are with your skincare products, the more results you're going to see. And I think that, you know, we live in such a world where we're used to like instant gratification or um, we're marketed to that, you know, you're going to see these instant results overnight. And what's interesting about that is that if you ever use a product that literally gives you instant results overnight, just know that it's actually not giving you results. Um, It usually causes some minor inflammation in the skin that causes some swelling that makes your wrinkles look less prominent. But, you know, inflammation is the root cause of aging. So if you're using a product that is causing a lot of inflammation chronically, that is actually going to backfire on you. So low and slow wins the race always. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no such thing as a free lunch. It's so true. (laughs) No, not at all. It's very true when it comes to skincare. Um, I think a lot of people think if something isn't burning or it's um, not super strong, they're not going to get results. And 
you know, there's nothing further from the truth than that. You know, it's just that right. consistency, like working out, like being consistent with that and diet, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Not fun, but it's the truth. It's the it's best way that it works. Yes. Consist- yes. Consistency over and over. I love that. Broccoli doesn't stop being healthy. It's so true. Mm-hmm. How about cold water? Does cold water or ice shrink your pores? I've heard this one and I've always wondered. Uh, this is a great one too. I mean, I wish, wouldn't that be great? So the thing is, is that, um, cold water or ice, it helps to calm inflammation, but it does not shrink our pores. So our pores are actually predetermined by our genetics. So your pore size is your pore size and there isn't a sphincter muscle on your pores that causes them to open and close. So it's not true that, you know, steam is going to open your pores and cold is not going to close your pores. Um, the only muscle that our skin has is the erector pili muscle, which is what causes goosebumps. Okay. So okay. not really true. Um, usually like when people think that they have large pores, maybe larger than normal, it's just because they're congested with debris. Um, so whether that be like blackheads or just, you know, clogged pores. Uh, so using um, skincare products that help to dissolve that is going to be best. But I do have my uh, acne clients ice their face daily because the ice not only helps to reduce inflammation, but it also hinders the progression of the acne bacteria. So it's, um, it's kind of a magic wand for acne, but because it is anti-inflammatory, it is so great to use before going to an event um, or like a date night because it will help to give the skin that glow. Um, It can help reduce puffiness, that kind of thing. So before an event or something like that, icing your entire face, you would recommend? I would, yes. And um, I think that there's a lot of different ways people think to ice their face these days. I'm not a huge fan of ice rollers only because I wonder how clean people keep them. And then a lot of them don't get very cold. So what I literally suggest is just grab two ice cubes from your freezer. You're going to want to roll them around on the skin in a continuous circular motion for about, you know, a minute or so. Um, And when I say continuous, I mean like don't hold it on the face and burn your face. I know some people are doing like ice packing where they just put ice on their face and let it sit there. And that's like, oh, that's going to burn your skin. So continuous circular motion. Um, There's these little ice pop things that I found on Amazon. They're super cute. So they're almost like, um, they look like little cake pop type things, but they're, you know, the ice cube. Mm. So you have a hole there so your fingers don't get frozen as your ice Yeah. 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 And that's, and again, making it practical. So you're not doing this for 30 minutes. You're just doing it for a couple minutes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and you're keeping it going and rolling it around. Yes, exactly. So good. So good. Okay. Last question like this. Why do people wear sheet masks on airplanes? I don't get it. And it seems like to me, why don't you just do it before you go? Like for obvious reasons. So is there science behind this that I am missing about sheet masks on planes? This is a good question. Um <laughs> I mean, I feel like they would probably work, but here's what I can't stop thinking about when you said that is like, okay, all the yuck that's on planes, like how are are they putting it on their face? And then like when they take it off, like I don't feel like you can get your hands very clean on an airplane, if you know what I mean. So um, I don't, yeah, I feel like that's gross, (laughs) but 
I think beforehand would be fantastic. I mean, in fact, I tell people like pre-flight skincare would be a very hydrating skincare routine. Um, Definitely make sure you wear your sunscreen because at altitudes like that, the sun rays are incredibly strong and like Mm. don't sit by a window or if you do, make sure you have the shade down the whole time. Um, And then another thing I see a lot that actually is going to work in reverse is um, people spritzing their face on an airplane with like a hydrating mist. And the reason is, is that um, like moisture attracts moisture. So when you mist the face in a very dry, dry climate like that, the moisture that you just misted on your face is going to attract the moisture in your skin and pull it out if that makes sense. So you don't want to mist your face with a hydrating mist on a super dry airplane. You're going to want to do it like after you land, make sure you like seal it in with moisture again. Mm -hmm. But that's one way people lose moisture as well. Um, You probably have heard of humectants before as an ingredient. Humectants are like magnets to pull moisture. So for example, if you used a humectant like our, our firming peptide serum, um, you want to make sure that the skin is damp when you put it on because, again, water attracts moisture. It's going to pull that moisture in, and then you seal it in with your moisturizer. So kind of understanding how these things work mm-hmm. can either work for you or against you depending yes. on like where you're using them and how you're using them. Yes, how and when and in what order. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are interested in this consultation, we'll put a link in the show notes of this podcast, and it's a totally free, personalized, one-on-one consultation by you, which is so incredible and blows my mind that you're still doing this. But I think that's why you have such a ride-or-die loyal loyal following um, of clients is because they start out right. There's no guessing. Mm-hmm. So is that the best way for people to kind of free consultation, um, no obligation, answer a whole bunch of different really, really um, helpful questions? Like I thought the process was fun. I was like, oh, wait, why does that even relate to skin, like my skin? And then I'm like, whoop, I should stop doing that or stop, you know, maybe, maybe this could be the culprit, things like that. So do the consultation online is the best way to kind of um, see what you would recommend for their specific skin. Yeah, it's um, it's most helpful because then we know exactly what products would be best for you. You you don't have to guess or you know try different things that don't work for you. I'll get you super dialed in, um, which I think is so important, you know. And especially if you're dealing with problematic skin issues, whether it be sensitive skin, chronically dry, adult acne. I mean, most people are pretty frustrated and fed up with trying things you know, everything and nothing works. So this way we really make sure we get you dialed in. And furthermore, aside from our free consultation, I also offer free check-ins for everyone. So, you know, Mm. whether that be when you're starting out and you're not sure what to do next or say like a problem does arise, that's when we start troubleshooting together. Um, So that's always a service that's available as well, just because, you know, skin's a journey, you know, what your skin was like, you know, a year ago is not necessarily what it's going to be like today. And so, you know, making adjustments as we need to is so important. So it's not just a one and done kind of situation. Mm-hmm. 
so helpful. It's just, it's so helpful. I'm telling you, it's why, it's why it works so well because you can have the best products ever, but if you don't know how to use them and when and in what order, and if you don't know which ones to pick, you know, like we go to department stores or we go to Sephora and we see a huge wall of things and we kind of, I mean, in a way are picking blindly with what we think we need, but it's not always what our skin really does need. True. And one other thing too that um, people find interesting is sometimes when I um, get back to them with their skincare routine, they're surprised by which products that I picked for them. Mm -hmm. And they'll email back and be like, well, wait, what about this? I heard I'm supposed to be using this. And it's like, yes, we're going to add that in, but first we need to accomplish this. And then we are going to make that adjustment in order to um, focus on other concerns and stuff. So sometimes there's like a a pecking order of which... um, concern we have to deal with first. So Mm -hmm. that's the other part. Prioritize and tackle. Yep, exactly. I love it. You It's so interesting because when we talk about skincare, you'll go on all the, you'll, you, you are literally like a scientist for the skin in the way you describe things and you have a way of describing them so scientifically, but also in a way that's so easy to understand and digest and then put those tips into real life. And so when I, when you and I first started working together and I was like, wait a minute, you keep telling me all these things that are gold. Where is this? Like, where can I find this on the website? And then I'd go and there's these like beautifully written, but incredibly long articles about all this. And I was like, we have to get this out in the world. So, you know, it can't be only tucked in these articles, um, so I'm so excited that you now have a podcast mm-hmm. to kind of dive in. I mean, we've talked about a whole bunch of different things, but now to really take it to the next level, first for the people that are so in love with your brand already, and then, you know, as new people get introduced to your brand, I just think that having this knowledge and these these educational conversations about skin are so fun and so informative and so helpful. Um, it's just, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be so fun for people to listen to and so exciting for the brand. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious in in this podcasting process because you can talk about this stuff backwards and forwards in your sleep without any prep. What's the podcasting process been like for you? Has it been what you've expected? Are there any parts that you haven't expected? Yeah. Um, I think the part that kind of surprised me is actually how much I love it. You can probably tell already from us just talking together that, you know, I'm so long winded about everything. And so having a podcast is a good way to dive into, you know, some of the topics a bit deeper. I'm horrible at, you know, Instagram stories and reels for that reason. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I'm limited to 15 seconds. What? I can't do that. You know, so I'm loving that. Um, Um, what was, you know, unexpected, I guess part of it though, was just kind of how easy it ended up being. I think in my head, um, we talked about this. I dipped my toes in for like the last two years of starting a podcast. And I think in my head, I just thought it was going to be such a harder process. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, 
you know, with your help, I was able to kind of get it done. And, and I feel like we did it so fast, but um, it's been a wild ride and it's been very fun. And I literally cannot wait to start sharing with everybody, like everything that's in my brain, everything that, you know, I want everyone to know about their skin. Cause I, I do feel like it's everyone's human right, like birthright to know what they need to know about their skin. Um, so I can't wait to get that out there. Yeah. I love that you said that because I can think back on so many different parts of my business where I thought something was going to be so much harder. And then once I just got in and did it, I was like, wow, that wasn't. And also, you know, we've done this a couple of times on my team and I. So I'm all about simplifying the process, eliminating the unnecessary so that you can make progress on something. I just think complexity kills execution. So if we can make something, you know, still give the 110% version of it, but just be as efficient as possible, it just makes the whole process so much more exciting if it's not long and hard and tedious to get there. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And I'm so excited to see how, because I know you get so many questions all the time. So you will have endless content as far as what topics to, what topics to answer, to talk to and, and what questions to answer. Um, And I'm just so happy that this can come alive in audio version where people can be driving or cooking and, you know, really share your knowledge. And it's so funny because the way you do things is never in a, like you're so passionate about the products. Everything is educational. It's not sales-based. Like you really want people to genuinely have the best skin they can and, and feel confident and happy in their skin. And it's all, it's all such genuine information to help the end user. And I just think that is just so special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I mean, I wish I wish somebody had taught me when I was young, you know, what I needed mm-hmm. to know about my skin. So, you know, even if somebody wants to take the consultation, you're going to get so many tips that you can start implementing right away to what you're doing and start seeing great change to your skin. And, you know, that makes me so happy when I hear from people about the results that they're getting. Yes. You mentioned we might be able to have a discount code. Is that possible? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Who doesn't love a discount uh, code, right? So I know. Perfect. That would be I think that would be so great because it is a high end line, but I'm telling you it's the best investment. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would recommend filling out the consultation first so that we can kind of work together and figure out what's best for you. And then um, with your first purchase, using the code Lindsay20 at checkout, we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Woohoo. I love it. I love it. I just, I love how knowledgeable you are and passionate about skincare and how you approach the business one customer at a time. Like for me, working with you and seeing the business model and seeing your growth year after year, to me, that's like the secret sauce. I mean, obviously the quality of the products and all that kind of stuff, but it's the one customer at a time that is so dynamic that big corporations just could never do. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's amazing that you've been able to grow the business to this size, but still make it one customer at a time, personalized for everyone. Do you feel like that's the secret sauce? I do. Um, I do because, you know, I was 
my client once upon a time. I, I felt like I went and tried everything and nothing was working on my skin. And so if I if I was just going to go to a brand that kind of had a cookie cutter, you know, skincare routine or, you know, um, I felt like I was just given the same advice that everybody else was given. I don't, I don't feel like I would trust it just because I felt like I had been through so much with my skin and you get to such a vulnerable, raw place where it's hard to believe anything will work. So I think that one-on-one um, connection with my clients and being accessible, I think that that's everything um, just so that people know that they're not alone on their skin journey, mm-hmm. like ever again, yeah. ever again, we're always yeah. here. Yeah. You're not alone. So if something if something doesn't feel right on your skin or if you know you have a new issue come up, you you have you have a, you have people on your side. You have people who just, you know, are so are so giving of their time and energy and know this stuff so well to help you troubleshoot and figure it out and not be frustrated. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, you know, the clients that are listening to this, you guys know I stop at nothing to mm-hmm. help find a solution because I'm, like I said earlier, very stubborn. <laughs> so yes. I, I literally won't stop until we figure it out. So, And I think it's so great. You, you touched on it earlier with the bedtime routine. I think it's such a great tip, first of all, to do it like not right before bed, but do it before you're exhausted and involve your kids, boys and girls, as they, you know, kind of get into those preteen, teen years. I think it's such a gift to give your kids, uh, you know, good quality products that are good for their skin and also just the 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 routine of it and the priority of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like brushing our teeth, how we take care of our skin and it shouldn't be an afterthought. It should just be something that you do every day, morning and night. It's a priority. I think that that is such a great gift we can give our kids. You know, I would say probably starting at age nine, what would you say? Yeah, I think that that's a great age. And I mean, again, going back to it, just something simple, cleansing and moisturizing, you know, sunscreen in the daytime, um, but not making it complex, of course. Um, but again, it, it really is the habit. And I would say this is especially true if, you know, acne runs in your family or you're starting to notice telltale signs on your preteen that they're getting acne. That's one of the mm-hmm. best gifts is to get them into a simple routine because Chances are, if they're developing acne at a young age, it's going to get worse and it can just be more complicated and hard to get a teenager to cooperate, you know, but if they have a skincare routine yeah. already ingrained, I mean, it's, it's yeah. easier. So, and I have, a, I do have a lot of clients like that. I have, oh gosh, I mean, I have generational clients from, you know, the grandma to the mother to the kids. And um, so it's, it's fun. <laughs> Yes. And I'm telling you, especially in those kind of middle school and high school years, it's it no matter what with with hormones and 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 different skin changes, it affects their confidence so much. A funny quick story. I mean, funny slash sad. This morning I was driving to school, my 12-year-old went to drink a sip of her water from her kind of water bottle that you kind of like tip back. And as I accelerated and like her water went on her and she was like, ah, I have a blemish and you spilled water on me by driving the car. And now it wiped my concealer off of my blemish. And she was so upset and I felt awful. I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, I'm big on accountability. First of all, 
you were the one drinking the water. Like, let's not place blame here. But I felt so badly that, you know, in her mind that covering that blemish was like the high priority of the morning. And then when the water slightly washed off the concealer of the blemish, it was like morning ruin. But, you know, just to say that, you know, these things are so important and it affects us. It affects our confidence and especially at, at, you know, kind of those, those growing up ages, um, if we can help our kids have good skincare routines and, you know, minimize the stress of blemishes and breakouts, I just think, I just think it's such a great gift. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And so if people are interested in that, you can easily tell them which products would be safe and appropriate for kind of this younger demographic. Oh yeah, all of it can be customized to any skincare uh, concern and/or age or skin type. Um, most younger kids obviously have much sensitive, more sensitive skin than um, maybe adults um, in some cases. So we have to take that into account for sure. Right, the sensitive skin, or you know, not using too much of an anti-aging type product too young. But I think it's, yeah, I think it's just so valuable because again, they, you know, the kids will, you know, they'll see something online or they'll go to CVS and and think that something that is labeled an acne product could be the worst thing for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. Yes. That's what, that's what we want to, that's, that's what we want to avoid. Okay. So give us a little peek into what we can kind of expect with the podcast. Is it, is it going to be more kind of single topics or questions that you get? What's kind of your approach to this? Just because for me, like reading all your articles, I'm like, this should be a podcast. This should be a podcast. So what's kind of your thinking going into it? Um, that's a great question. So, so far it's been kind of single topics. Um, I, I love when people ask me about like TikTok trends or things that I see on social media. And I usually say, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. It's like, whatever you learn on TikTok, do the opposite because oh my God, <laughs> the things that I hear, I just, uh, I want to roll over, but, uh, you know, I did um, record one recently that actually I'm going to cover some of the most popular trends right now, like skin cycling. My thoughts on that. Um, Also, like the head and shoulders, washing your face with that um, or slugging, which is um, a a technique to help repair an impaired moisture barrier. Uh, So my thoughts around that. So lots of lots of fun stuff like that as well. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for spending so much time with me today. I'll put in the show notes the link for the free consultation, the 20% off coupon code. Thank you so much. (laughs) And then the link to your brand new podcast all about skincare and having healthy and clear skin. Um, I'm so excited. I just, I love working with you. I love your energy and your passion, um, not just for skincare, but just like you're ju- you're just such a such a good person and want to put out so much good in your realm. It's just it's inspiring to me, and I just love it. I love working with you, and I'm so excited that more people will get to know you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm so glad. Well, congratulations. And um, I'm excited for all the things you have to teach us because even though I thought I knew so much about skincare, I I learned something new from you every single time we talk. 
Okay. Well, I'll keep the tips coming then. (laughs) Yeah, keep them coming. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And again, check out the show notes for all the links and everything we talked about. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. What a fun podcast episode. I've become so close to these women as we are working together so much. And I just knew they would be interesting and inspiring to talk to. Ping me and let me know what you want to hear more of at Lindsay's Cloud on Instagram or head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com for the latest podcasts and blog posts and lots of other awesome stuff. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How To Be Awesome At Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.